0: everybody. Welcome oui. to Yeah, but still. Uh, welcome back, to part part two of two of our election special. Our, we we came to you last week on Patreon. Or I guess we talked with Dave mm. Weigel too, didn't we? We did. yeah. Maybe three, but I mean, is it over, Brandon? Is this the final? It seems like I don't know. Can yeah, we say it, it? Seems like it. Can we say it? I don't. Joe Biden don't think he's officially yeah. stole the election unfairly for Donald <laughs> from Donald Trump. <laughs> uh, he did the fraud, and. Um, it's just a matter of time before Donald Trump uh, comes back in a way that none of us could comprehend, and finally yeah. ends the deep state once and for all. Trust the trust the plan. Trust the plan. He's golfing right now. He's golfed two days in a row. He's so calm. He knows. He knows the plan's working. The storm. The storm is. A, the storm is coming. This is the storm. The storm is. is. The storm is back. Did you Soon. see? Did you see the flyers? There's a few of the campaign posters had Pence's name removed. So you know who's uh, you know who's going to replace <laughs> pl- Pence, right? Brandon, JFK Jr. Let's fucking go. Damn. Um, no, but in all seriousness, we didn't know last time we talked on Patreon and since then, yeah. Joe, I wouldn't say our boy Joe, neither of us were big Joe heads. That's
1: for sure. But I for one I was I was heavy with the Biden slander during the primaries.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, Look, so was I. There's definitely episodes where we talked a lot of shit, said a lot of things, but at the same time, the game has changed this year since dude, fucking coronavirus changed everything. So Yeah. I was uh you know, I was happy very happy to see Trump lose and to see his uh his cronies go down with him. And just be even if they just had one really bad day, it made me feel good.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's it, it does feel it does feel good.
0: Yeah. Um and you know, remember there's a time period where people are making like a lot of really, really bad uh, restaurant-based analogies for Biden? When they're trying to get Bernie people to come over and be like, you're at a restaurant that serves steak or shit, and you want to eat shit? Yeah, I saw
1: fucking 5,000 posts where it's like...
0: Yeah, like those. And everybody's... And we'd always just be like, I would just leave the restaurant. You know? Right. No, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, why? I, I don't, yeah. We don't have I, to I, eat at the restaurant. That's the whole point. You need to get yeah, people I to I'm vote. I'm not ordering anything if there's
1: doo-doo on the menu. Yeah,
0: why is this restaurant serving shit? I don't know shit? what's going on. <laughs> what, <laughs> why you is know? this restaurant serving shit?
1: How? I mean, if if there is a restaurant that is serving doo-doo, they mm-hmm. have doo-doo on the damn menu, right? You can order You can order doo-doo. Yeah. Uh, like... And they also have an A from the health inspector.
0: Yeah, it's bigger. That's questions. pretty impressive. Yeah, that is, and raises a lot of questions. That would be some real fraud and corruption that we'd need if to look into. If you're able to pull that off, yeah, how oh, you pulled it off in a clean way? <laughs> uh, but no, in all seriousness, I brought that up to say that like circumstances did change, and like for me, like the day that everybody is dancing in the streets, you know, like I feel yeah. like, I went down and watched it. Um, from a safe distance, I might add. I was being safe still. It was like pretty. I mean, I was
1: I was in there in the in the fucking demilitarized brunch zone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like in at the at the Silver Lake celebration where there's like fucking five DJs yeah. playing next to each other. But you could like
0: weave through people. There was no. Yeah, it It, wasn't it too never bad. felt like too packed. Yeah. Um. It. It was. And, very simple. I just felt... It was nice seeing people outside smiling. I just like watching watching it for them. There was some cringe, but, yeah. you know, you got to let these people no, I cook. I saw some
1: people uh breaking out the pussy hat, bringing it back.
0: You got to let... I, I You know, I'm letting them cook for a couple days. Like, let them cook, I guess. You it's know? a block party. You know, we've all been in our homes. We're not used to mixing with people, you know, a, a large group of people. Um, right. I, I saw some goofballs I'm not used to, but, you know, hey... It took, it took over 50% to elect somebody, so there's going to be some yeah. goofballs in that 50%, 50-plus percent, you know? Um, yeah. And allegedly dead people, right? Um, right. But... Um, I mean,
1: yeah, that's the thing, is I don't... I would rather see, like... Um, you know, I'd rather see, like, angry MAGA guys uh, in despair than, uh, you know, just, like than like harry potter people
0: absolutely well here's my thing
1: i I, you know i don't like either camp but one's very different one might cause a race war
0: like and very real damage or like dude i I, i you know we joke around a lot but i really don't know like after this pandemic hit there's been many times where i'm like dude i don't know if like this country can like survive another four years of this fucking shit even if it's just like right like driving people insane on purpose, you know, yeah. like riling people up. So I brought up the restaurant thing to say, like that restaurant analogy always been funny. But to me, this is just like, like instead of eating poison, just eating a cracker, you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> the cracker is mm-hmm. not very good. <laughs> like it's boring, but like I'm yeah. just uh, I'm not I'm not here celebrating a Biden win necessarily. I'm not like right. I'm not out here like, yes, sir. Joe Biden. I mean, the we we yeah. have no choice but to stand.
1: Yeah, I mean, the cracker definitely has some. Uh, oh, and I
0: do mean cracker. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, you know? yeah, oh, some, like, okay. Yeah,
1: he's in the he's in the, he's got some uh you know, there there might be some uh warhawks in the
0: cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> with the, with the you yes, know. uh yeah. But, I mean, look, we'll worry about that shit later. Yeah, I, I'm worried about his cabinet. I, I will say that, like, I don't expect Kamala be... dropping pink drones. <laughs> hey, we gotta watch it. Don't don't say anything bad about Kamala. I I found out recently that uh, some of her some of her children might listen to this podcast. I was Is informed. Is that true, dude? It's it's true. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yes, sir. Well, since when? Yeah. you never told me this. I mean, you know, it's maybe. I I don't know. I don't want anybody bugging them. But I if mean, so, if that's to, big for the pod. Respect to your mom. That's big for uh, the pod. Really. You know, yeah. That like, we might have an ear to the White House.
1: That's that's really funny. That, uh, yeah. You got to tell me about that.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I'll tell you. I mean, somebody told me a long time ago, and then I just never circled. Yeah. And I never fact checked it because it was like one of those weird texts I got like, either too late or too early. Where I'm like, oh, I need a, I need a coffee or like sleep before I process that one, and right. then I just never process it. But yeah, you know. Look, I I want to get ahead of myself, but yeah, but still live from the West Wing? Question mark. Uh oh. Two thousand twenty. Uh oh. Let's make it reasonable. Two thousand twenty-two, two-year goal. Yeah. What? Well, maybe. Damn. Maybe. Yeah. The 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 White House edition. Yeah, could, I'm not opposed. It could happen. I mean, I mean, all you I'll know, if, if
1: that doesn't, like, I mean, in the in the case that. Donald Trump and I say this, you know, I say do say this as as a, you know, as a leftist, but, you know, I think there is a scenario where Donald Trump does end up hosting a podcast, and, um, you know, I you know don't don't like the guy's policies, but if he does want me to be his Andy Richter, um, I will be saying goodbye to Jack, and um, I will be in stew. With with Donald Trump. That's
0: you know what? Honestly I respect <laughs> if, <laughs> the, bag, if the bag is right. <laughs> and by that I mean if the bag is above minimum wage. <laughs> right. He gets you No, yeah, I he gets I'm you doing, for like. I'm doing that for free. <laughs> he gets you for like yeah, eight thousand like, a year. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh yeah, he's not paying. <laughs> yeah. He made me an offer I'm, I can't refuse. I'm I'm paying him. Yeah, the offer <laughs> was experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're paying him. Yes, Jewel style. You're paying him for uh, to be to be his assistant.
1: Yeah. No. Exactly. I do think
0: that's coming. Um, I do think that's coming. I think there's going to be like, I at least think there's going to be a period where Barron tries to have a coming out where he's like cool, you know. And oh we don't know yeah, anything no, about I'm ready him, for that. But, like, there's like, I I think there will be a try, like some people trying to wash themselves of their their Trump deeds.
1: Yeah. Well, th- at Barron, that's just like. Um... What do what do you call the original sin? Yeah, we don't like, know he what he thinks anything? of all this. We don't know what he thinks Baron, of all this. Baron Trump did nothing wrong. He didn't, and we've still never yeah. even
0: heard his voice. I know it could sound like anything. We don't fucking know. Who knows? It's a big mystery. Nobody's I, I nobody's can't believe heard they, his voice. They hid him for this long. Yeah, it's really impressive. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's a dude. I don't know. By the way, happy three year anniversary to yeah, but still. Oh yeah,
1: we didn't even acknowledge that. Yeah. Three years three years strong.
0: But I'd say overall this is a good thing, you know? It's like dude, it's been weird podcasting under this fucking like things have been backwards and upside down for a long time. There's like there's no denying that. It's like it got it got corny talking about it all the time. Like you don't want to be one of those people that fucking talks about it nonstop.
1: And and fair warning, we we will talk about it for Like the first half of our uh, yeah, we are gonna talk
0: about it. We have um, the the main episode's already recorded. We know what's gonna happen in the future of this podcast. Um, yeah, we do talk about it, but yeah, I mean, it's like it was so constant that you don't talk about it at a certain time because you don't want to be one of those. Um, but it right, it was shitty. Like, (laughs) like yeah, no, it was. But this is the
1: you know this is the cultural reset. We need, and, you know, we're finally going to get back to a place where there's, you know, movies uh, movies like, uh, you know, it's, it's Vince Vaughn, like, hey, man, you got to chug this keg. Hell yeah. You got to chug this keg and uh, fuck a co-ed or else you're gay. <laughs> and then they get in a car and it's like, this summer, Vince Vaughn is going in a car to get pussy. That's wh- right. The pussy
0: trip. That's what I was hoping our podcast could be like until, you know, this administration <laughs> came through. Right. When I imagined well, it. Well, it was there the whole time.
1: T- We've never not
0: podcasted. I'm fucking uh, ready.
1: Without Donald
0: Trump as president. I'm ready. So, I'm ready to lower the IQ yeah. of this podcast. Yeah. Are no, you kidding me? Sure. You guys don't know how low our IQs can get. Yeah. We've had to be smart so many times in this podcast when yeah. we didn't
1: want to. I'm going to um get uh let's get it started yeah you know? <laughs> <laughs> <I know. laughs> i'm gonna get rid. let's get it started mm-hmm. sure sure i you know what i'm, know know what what you're I'm trying saying. to
0: say i know what you're trying to say um well anyway yeah. uh we we could get this actually started um joining us today we're gonna have very soon tim heidecker coming back again Tim heidecker back i've been very very back st- on the pod. stoked to have him on here um bring him back again especially i think I very fitting um to bring him on after this election because you know he's he, whether he's liked it or not he's been wrapped up in all sorts of trump shenanigans online um yeah and just like i don't know it, it has been like uh, man done-
1: i forgot to bring up the piss drinking motif oh yeah okay there's like a good piss there's a good piss drinking scene in the in the uh, first episode of Moonbase Eight, but it's like also he has a whole album about drinking piss. So if you guys were tuning
0: into this episode specifically hoping we had asked Tim about drinking piss, I apologize in advance. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I forgot to ask him about the piss. Yeah. So without further but ado, we could get this thing started. I'll say I'll, I'll give you a warning that there are there were some technical issues with uh, Tim's audio feed, so bear with us there. Halfway through, it gets better. So um, I don't know, Brandon, do you have anything else to say before we start this thing officially? Yeah, no, without further ado, welcome to... Tim Heidecker. Yeah, Tim Heidecker to Yeah But Still. Welcome to Yeah But Still Ooh-wee. Brandon with us and joining us for the second time right now I'm very excited to have him back Tim Heidecker, welcome to the pod
2: Thank you, thanks for having me back
0: Tim Heidecker, star of the new show Moonbase as well Moonbase 8 Moonbase Eight. I mean, we both watched it, we definitely want to talk about Moonbase But I feel like first we should address the giant the, the giant news of the weekend, I suppose Brandon, are you ready to call this race officially oh, the damn, on Yeah But The Still? damn elephant in the room, Oh, the GOP That's, <laughs> that's right yeah the, yeah, the GOP yeah, elephant yeah, yeah. in the room. I mean, it looks like our boy Joe has uh has officially done it. Tim, how how was it for you? Like, what was uh the election experience?
2: You know, uh, well, well, we were broadcast. We did an Office Hours live election night show, and there was plenty of tequila uh, consumed during the evening. And we left. You know, actually, we 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 talked to a couple of different people throughout the night we talked to a lot of people but we talked to the Chapo trap house guys and they were very dispiriting and very depressing (laughs) and it was fun and it was funny but they and you know they're obviously not going to be happy with joe biden anyways but they understand the existential threat that another term certainly represents so there's no good news about him winning and at the time we were talking to them it there was this feeling that it was uh-oh it's going to be 2016 again everyone's getting right. it right it's going in the wrong direction it's just this you know slow motion car accident again and then we had Dave Weigel from the Washington Post call in and he was like just everyone chill out this is we all knew this was going to happen we knew that there's right. a red mirage this is what's happening right now don't forget, everyone's forgotten it, but we've literally said this is exactly what's going to happen by Friday. And he literally called it out. He was like, "It's going to be close, but then Thursday, Friday, it's going to it's going to keep going in the other direction." And that's kind of what happened. I just couldn't stop watching it because I didn't really want to miss that moment. Uh, as mu- as much as I'm not a, you know, I, Joe Biden's not my first pick for a can for a candidate, but as you know, my last five years have been so kind of wrapped up in in reaction to donald trump being the president and what that means
1: yeah i mean i feel like you've been really deep in it for for a while now
2: yeah i mean pre pre his pre pre his uh candidacy too just watching him emerge as sort of this voice of the right uh and and becoming more and more powerful and uh it was very emotional saturday morning my mom was there and my mom who's fairly uh, centrist if not little on the conservative side who was completely turned off by donald trump finds him disgusting and was and fat luckily you know sort of found a way to 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 accept sort of left-leaning ideas enough to uh be, you know really feel good about not voting for donald trump and and not you know and, and so we got we could we kind of kind of were able to share that experience together and I, I kind of I broke down and cried because I just felt this relief. But of course we're not there yet. Um I don't know what's gonna happen in the next couple months, you know?
1: Right. I mean I still do feel very cautious, but it is nice like talking to parents about this kind of stuff. Yeah. Because like it gets you out of this like like leftist Twitter edgelord bubble. Yeah. I you this, know like I- contrarian cycle, right?
2: watching cnn and on twitter my friends on twitter are saying like get fucking uh rick santorum off of my screen and my mom is saying i want to hear what rick santorum says which was which is funny because what rick santorum was doing yes he was feeding a little bit of the rights you know talking points but he was also validating a lot of the reality of the situation you know hit by him saying like listen it's not looking good he has to learn how to accept that this is, you know, happening. It made people that were that like my mom way more comfortable that this wasn't some kind of crazy conspiracy to, you know, that, that the Democrats were somehow stealing the election or something. Yeah. So I think there's a place I, you know, I think we can all disagree with people about policy and about uh point of view and what's what priorities and all these things. And there'll be battles to be had on the left, but there is a place to like treat, you know, try to treat people like with respect when it comes to that they don't agree with everything you say about how it right. should work. So, you know, I think that there's a cutoff when it comes to people that have bought into Donald Trump. I think those people are sort of either intentionally, you know, uh, ma- <laughs> malicious, <laughs> right,
1: but- antagonistic, and
2: yeah. Oh, yeah. so, you know, I think they've been so misled and so kind of brainwashed that there's it's it's hard to kind of ha- sit down and have a reasonable converse- conversation with them.
0: Yeah, and it's you know, on one hand, like I don't think any of us sitting here right now are Biden guys. Like I think we're, I, me and Brandon were Bernie people. I think you were a Bernie guy, right? Am I correct?
2: I supported him in the primary.
0: Yes. Um. You know, I, I'm like I've not.
2: Like, sorry, go ahead, Jack.
0: Oh, I'm just saying, I, I, uh. You know, I think most people like aren't necessarily celebrating a Biden win. It's just like to be to have like a slight break from just the I mean, to be fair, like Trump wasn't even that effective politically. It's just like the nonstop culture. I think we're seeing it right now. Like he did make some like huge strides, but like we're seeing it right now with his election stuff. He's mostly just talking about it and he's not even really like actually going to the courts and fighting this. He's just saying he's going to do it. And who knows right. how much he's really going to do. But it's like.
2: I just feel really bad, really for you know. I have an aunt, um, through uh, not th- not by blood, sort of a uh, what do you call, you know like a step aunt or something. Yeah, I don't really yep. I'm not very close with her, but you know she's completely bought into the MAGA universe. Completely. Like full, full, I don't, like I don't know on. what's going to happen to them. Uh, I don't. There, I think I don't know about Q I think there's that that still is like a bridge too far for even hardcore Trump people. Right not in their not, hasn't hit them yet or something. It hasn't reached them yet, but yeah, I just don't know what to do, what they're supposed to do because the messaging they're getting, like I get the Donald Trump fundraising emails uh, just cause they're hilarious, but they're also very <laughs> to, to the language of them just to this day, like now, like today saying like, we can't let them do this. We can't let them steal this election. This is, you know, how are they not, how are they supposed to react to that? How are they supposed to ever accept this? And when is he going to send that message that it's, you know, we fought a good fight and we're still going to keep fighting for what we believe in, but the election is was fundamentally fair and we need to accept it. Like, when is that message coming? It has to come very soon. I'm I'm very worried that there's going to be, you know, people in the, out in the streets because why wouldn't they?
0: Yeah, right. I think I think like the biggest thing about the last four years that I've noticed like just a change is. Well, Brandon, the first the, the first day after Trump got elected, we met up, and the first thing you said to me is, "This to me terrible for comedy," and like it has been in many ways. But one one way I've noticed, even with our podcast, is there's like constantly something so ridiculous that just took just place. Like,
1: yeah, the, the how culturally pervasive it ends up. It being. It just bleeds into like, everything. You feel like your hand is forced into acknowledging it.
2: I mean, I find like when I uh, sometimes. Like on, on office hours, if Vic plays a clip from Trump, that's wacko and just really funny to, you know, fundamentally really funny to us that he's right. going on. There are people out there that don't pay quite that much attention to all the, the circus and they get they kind of get the narrative through through your podcast or my podcast or other people's, you know, comedy uh, takes on it, I guess. But it is interesting, there will be this void of, in, uh, in, our, in our conversation, in our art, in the way we what we care about, you know, if, if we move on from this, to some degree, I feel like there's still going to be a very strong, wacko component to the right wing. That will provide certain entertainment or certain or certain t- things to talk about when we get together for a drink or whatever. But it has caused me to sort of existentially think about well, where 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 should my energy go and what should I, you know, where's my creativity going? And that's that happens anyways as I kind of kind of you know navigate through my career. But yeah, it, it feels like I'm hoping it's like like a, cl- a ch- chapter closing and but i don't know exactly know what what to how to fill that
1: (laughs) right certainly there's there's like a part of me that feels like the seal has like been broken and that like i i I think i had this like initial hope of like oh comedy is going to get less didactic and there's going to be more room for like moral ambiguity and like just the idea of like you know depiction is not endorsement you know because i think that because of Trump, uh, there there were like there were a lot of people who uh, were like, "Well, now like irony is not okay because Trump is use weaponizes irony," and right. you know I hope that that changes because I I don't know if you read that New York Times piece about like it was about how Trump like broke you know political comedy, but they were talking to a producer of the Daily Show and they yeah. were like, "Oh, what what doesn't work on the show?" And they were like, oh, we can't, oh, what was that?
2: I was saying, I can't imagine it was the, it was like, it covered, like, the depth of comedy.
1: No, certainly didn't. No, no, no. no. (laughs) But, no, they were talking about, like, yeah, the very surface level kind of, you know, mainstream political comedy shows. But they were talking to one of the producers of The Daily Show about, like, oh, what, what can you not do on the show? Like, what doesn't, what doesn't work? And she was like, well, we can't, we can't be sarcastic like she was just straight up like we can't we can't be sarcastic because people will if uh if you like sarcastically praise something somebody did in in a way that's like i doubt it was like you know expert level i fucking elevated sarcasm I feel like <laughs> they're talking about very basic entry level sarcasm but the audience like reads that as like betrayal the uh, you know at that kind of audience yeah. and I don't know.
2: Certainly it's very, uh, um, I feel like the younger, and a younger audience has become hard. They've it's harder for them to detect sarcasm maybe, or irony. Right. I don't, I'm not even sure what they? I don't know. Uh, I find, I guess maybe when I do th- some things, there's a lot of, wait, is this, are you serious? Or is that real? <laughs> like, no. Right.
0: Well, you're good <laughs> at, you're real good at that. You've always been good at it. And I saw you posting the other day that like, like that shit that went down with uh, Four Seasons Landscaping. You're saying like that could never have made it into
2: Mister America, (laughs) yeah, because it was too absurd. It felt too too absurd. That's that's the other problem is there's so much comedy happening in real life that it's sort of like, well, what do I? What's what can I do to like even, you know, what can I even say? You just present the information, and that's right. It can't be more absurd
0: fiction. What,
1: in comedy,
2: yeah.
0: What were your favorite highlights of the uh, this election in that regard? Like, the, what, were, what was your most absurd moment that you witnessed?
2: Uh, I mean, the YMCA thing is the YMCA <laughs> dance that just, <laughs> you know shackled to his uh his rallies. You know, and you 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 get the sense that he suddenly found this dance move that got a reaction. You can tell it was very uncomfortable for him very unpleasant for him to to you know perform that way to be seen that way but it was the audience demanded it and the connection between that and YMCA is complete like I showed it to my mom who's again doesn't follow this stuff too carefully and she was like who added that music is that like when <laughs> is that Vic or is that what are you guys you know I'm like no no he's playing YMCA why? And like <laughs> Why doing the jerk that off with anything. And like and there's already a, there's
1: already a dance for that the song. Wives,
2: yeah? <laughs> it's already a very famous dance for that song. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. I mean that was the big one. I mean the four seasons thing could not have been more perfectly scripted for the, the way the campaign kind of ended. Um you know, I don't well, think there's and- a lot of that Sorry, oh, go. I was
1: just going to say, YMCA is a song about having gay sex.
2: For sure.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, and that was the perfect kind of Trump thing, because it was like he, the first time he did the dance to the YMCA, like people were laughing at him on Twitter. And then like his supporters had to do their thing, which they've been doing for four years, where it's like, oh, you're making fun of him? Actually, we think it's cool. We like that. And then next thing you know, he has like, a three minute compilation where he's dancing at every single rally
2: and that's literally the last tweet that they sent. Uh like the last video from the campaign it said, vote, 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 and it was a compilation, a montage of the YMCA dance. Um just quickly, the other the other thing that I just loved was and it's fun to watch this stuff kind of blow up in real time, but the the fraud hotline number oh, yeah. that they put out. This great uh, funny writer uh, Dan O'Sullivan was the first person I saw to start doing it, and he wrote me and he said, "I, you know, I've been I called as uh he called as um Tom Hanks from from uh, the movie Philadelphia where he, <laughs> in, uh you know calling in and saying like I they wouldn't let me in because of the lesions on my face and I got this lawyer Denzel Washington who's gonna and then he called in as um Rocky Balboa or something he you know he just uh, and just all these like Philly reference kind of things, but then I guess it exploded where you have everybody calling that number, and they keep on changing the number, and um, it's kind of nice. I like being. There's a certain meanness to all this that I think is appropriate for the time being. Oh,
0: absolutely. Um, I uploaded the entire uh, entire ripped version of the Matrix on Blu-ray to their uh fraud submission
2: thing. Somebody had put the they and so it wasn't an audio thing it was like a the uh write your complaint but it was like a uh, this woman it was about a woman who basically was she was describing the scene from mrs doubtfire where her breasts <laughs> caught on fire <laughs> but the way she just you didn't know that as she's describing it like and then i saw this person there she leaned over and then the her, the, her blouse caught on fire and she tried to put it out with a frying pan. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> catch the picture of Mrs. Doubtfire, try, you know, with the, her breasts on fire. I mean, for- I love, I used to do that. I mean, I guess it's trolling. It's what it is. Yeah. It's, I just, I never thought about his trolling. I just thought it was like pranks, but you know, when Herman Cain was running for president aside from the record I put out, like we used to go into his chat rooms when he <laughs> had these like virtual town halls and just sort of like, just, troll them i guess you know but
1: was that that album was 2011 right 2011 yeah with yeah ride the ride the can train and all of that i think i was listening to that in
2: what's that it's kind of the beginning of this whole you know right rec- yeah right as a comical inspiration or source of comedy and
1: it, yeah i feel like that was kind of the beginning of the the solo arc mm-hmm the, the, sort of that- like for me or you're saying? Yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like around that time cuz I do remember listening to that in like senior year of high school <laughs> being super excited about your uh Herman Cain uh concept album, which I've always there's always like um uh I've definitely I've talked about this before, but there's different there's different points of like sort of those formative years where I was like, "Oh, that one Mm-hmm. You know that one thing that Tim did was like ma- you know a massive thing in my life at that point.
2: Well thank you, you that know? that's nice to hear. I mean I it was for me if you can imagine me like with being in not this garage that I'm in now but another garage just learning how to make music on in on the computer and basically doing it all myself and doing a song a day and really using it as a tool that process that project as a tool to learn more about recording and writing music yeah yeah but but also the idea of like twitter was fairly new and being able to like immediately make something put it out and have an audience experience it sort of like within the day within the news cycle you know was kind of a fun new tool to use so you know there's no production budget involved it was just like i can I could make little things and and show and share them really easily and quickly.
0: By the way, I don't want to backtrack too much, but I do think we should put some respect on the name and say rest in peace, Herman Cain, dearly departed. Which, by the way, is one of the most shocking things. Like, I, it's weird. It's like it happened, and we just kind of like rolled past it. But that's it's just completely absurd. And he's like tweeting now from the grave right. about yeah. the disease that you killed know, him. The, the whole
2: the whole year, it's been stories that would have had us talking for weeks kind of come and go i mean trump had covid and was like hospitalized and then we forgot know? like oh yeah and it, right yeah that, that was that little chapter in the
1: in the <laughs> season this year was wild like, it's crazy how much of a blip that felt like in retrospect
2: yeah and there's i, I mean, the, i that's really one of the things i thought i think uh Matt Christman, Christ, Christman from uh, Chapo said, he's like, that was the moment when I felt that he, when he survived and came out of that kind of unscathed that felt like he actually, you know, he might win because it is kind of, it kind of makes you a, even though we know all the numbers, we know all the statistics, it does, you know, it makes, it continues to make COVID feel like this abstract abstract thing that isn't how really? How many people are really dying, and what is, you know, right. this old guy who eats Arby's <laughs> and McDonald's uh, and has clearly like terrible weight issues and health problems that we can only imagine? If he survives without with barely like with you know he's gone for a couple days, like what is how serious is this? It's it does make you it does just it, it muddies the water more it about just, that it's yeah i'm disorienting I mean, if, you're
1: the, if you're in the cult you're like yeah this man is resilient yeah
2: and this is you know he's yeah i mean people buy into that it's the it's a right powerful it's powerful um you know iconography or whatever or symbolism it's, it's... like this guy can't be beaten and even he, and he hasn't been beaten yet you know like he's He's still fighting the good fight. Yeah. People, you, you people think so? expect there to be this like third act, Um, you know, r- r- that he's going to continue to defy the odds just the way he beat COVID, just the way he beat Hillary, that he, the the CNN says he <laughs> is that Trump is uh, that Biden is the president. You haven't seen the last of me- you know, like that. This is all playing into that narrative for sure. Right. I w- and there's no. Yeah,
1: there's
0: there's definitely he's going to run again. Maybe. I am surprised at the tone of all of us right now. I feel like we're all talking like we don't know what's going to happen with the election, as if as if this was like the day of, day one. You know, I feel like. I, I mean, uh, uh, I'm fairly I, optimistic. It, uh, you're optimistic. Yeah, I think so. With
2: with his downfall, I, I, I don't but, see exactly how the end is going to play out. I, uh, there will. There's always going to be an end, whether or not it's. Yeah. I have a heart attack or him resigning with some kind of i saw david gergen on cnn being like this is his opportunity to end uh you know come out with a little bit of grace and a little bit of and, and so, yeah come on yeah it's not gonna happen you know so that he has a reputation It's like that's just gone he has no there's no dignity to protect no you know there might be then this is a little conspiratorial but there 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 might be a real fear in him and his family that they are facing like an existential uh doom on the other side of a loss which is like literal jail time for crimes right perhaps and yeah there there is sort of this like hitler in the bunker kind of attitude of like you're not you know uh, uh, there's no downside uh for me to just burn this shit down because it's it's really my only option as a as a person like as a as just a man his options are if i resign if i concede there's a really good possibility that the new you know the southern district of new york district attorney is gonna is i'm gonna be spending the next five years of my life in court and then probably will lose those cases and go to jail so that could be one thing going through his head was like why not just fucking you know they fired the Mark Esper, the defense secretary. And I don't want to start sounding like Alex Jones on the left. Sure. But what are his options? What are his cards left to play? One of them can be, let's get into a military conflict between now and Christmas. And then it's like, well, you know, we have to suspend the transfer of power until this, you know, nine 11 incident gets resolved or whatever. So I'm not, I, yes, if I was going to bet money, I would think that in the next couple of weeks, There would be some you know they've let the courts play out they've let the cases kind of come and go he's accepted it maybe there's some kind of uh exchange of like well we did the recount and uh, wherever and yes you picked up blah blah points but it will happen i guess that's where my money would go but i I, I, mean
1: i i think he should i i think uh his his play should be uh they should let him just host the daily show
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think he's going to buy OAN. That's It's not a bad
0: plan, although here's my optimistic projection. I think that his Twitter protections drop in January. He has special protections, so like they could ban him for any time they want. And he breaks the rules all the time. So I think, like, I also think that they're going to be really, really fast to try to ban him. So, like, as soon as he slips up, he's fucking toast. Like, I think that account's permanently gone at some point. Like well, I said, I I'm being really I, optimistic. I'm,
1: I'm not... I'm not one of these people that's like I don't know. There's there's a there's a lot of people that are like Twitter needs to ban his account, you know, whatever. And uh, I think that the move is to actually just like take his just take his blue check away. That or, is like watch what happens if you just like take take Donald away. What does that do? It, I think What's the that? account's gonna what, go he, away. What, He'll what does get that mad.
2: really do? Like, because what then is it's that? like
1: well, because then it says real Donald Trump, but there's no blue check. So then, I know, that's one of the dumbest. Like,
0: yeah, who is this? <laughs> you yeah, to be the fake Donald Trump. That's a know? very, that's like a very British royal family type <laughs> scheme in your head. I'm just, you know, I'm just, oh, I'm just saying stuff. What if we take his <laughs> class away? Yeah, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just I'm just
1: throwing that out there as think, an alternative. I think
0: they're gonna ban him, and he has 90 million followers. Like that's a huge hit to the value of his brand. And like, what does he do then? Like, he'll fucking email people, start his own fucking Twitter. I, don't, I wouldn't put it pass Well, in. they've got, what, they Parler and
2: Gab that he could partner with those guys?
0: I think it'll just be a slow fizzle, unfortunately. Like, I feel like that's kind of how things end up working, you know, especially when it's something like that where you, you're just waiting for, like, that moment where things are going to get better or, like, right. something shitty's going to happen to somebody. It, it doesn't happen like, like you imagine it in your head. It's, like, a slow thing, and then one day you realize, like, oh, what happened to Donald Trump? Like, what's he doing, you know? And you kinda of have to like maybe in a decade it'll be like that, you know? And you you have to like actually go find out what he's been doing. It'll be strange.
1: Yeah. There's still the possibility
2: know. he has like a you know, a sudden you you know, sudden heart attack or aneurysm or stroke. That's but true. the problem is there's gonna be you know, we talk about Donald Trump so much, but there's like a a whole uh, cast of characters that are not that are young and not going away.
1: Yes, you that's know? true. Yeah, because I did want to I did want to talk to you about that a little bit. Not not getting into like specifics, but that was like you were you were like in the in the nucleus of it for a little bit. So I feel like that that had to have been like a little right. validating, or you know, it's kind of. Uh, I feel like there there must have been some redemption on your end
0: well yeah you inv- yeah. went to war like you guys are in the trenches
2: yeah i mean i think there, there's got to be a way to in this country to have spirited debate and disagreement with other people without feeling like i'm going that i'm physically in danger because of it you know like that they're that is that's the th- shift that i feel has happened in the past four or five years Is that the people are really itching to like uh get into actual war over things you know and uh that would be great to go back to i'd love to have like sort of very uh intense disagreements with other people and not and all but then have a line where you say well obviously this is a free exchange of ideas and we're, we're like, I'm not worried about you doxing me or like, you know, yeah, <laughs> hacking my life or something. Showing or up to your house. Physically showing up yeah. in my, in my house, you know, uh, like for, to what end? And some, some of that is tied into this sort of video game culture, I think where because of live streaming and, uh, you know, this in real life kind of performative, uh, entertainment like that's those things are kind of fusing together and a lot of these personalities right. i feel like their their uh their shtick their grift or whatever is to like be out there in the world like getting in people's faces and and what and so people at home are almost experiencing it like a video game you know like a first right. person yeah i yeah. Always say shooter but a first person <laughs> experience
0: you know sometimes yeah i mean so you kind of you crazy. lose
1: touch with reality yeah and um, like, which, I, yeah, like, I don't know when when you've dealt with some of that stuff in the past is, has there ever has there ever been a point where you're like, oh, well, maybe I, I should just like disengage from the computer and like not be online? Or yes. are you kind of like, oh, let me I'll I'll just kind of we'll get through it.
2: Well, a little bit of both. I mean, I think there's definitely a time to back off or slow down or turn off and not not feel like you need to engage with everybody i think blocking and you know someone's going to send you something truly vile and and hateful like you know that you don't you can block them and never really hear from them again that and those and you don't have to feel that way again but there is a real kind of psychological toll it takes to see to just hear negative stuff kind of all day long so yeah you, know, you gotta you can't just be in the trenches with it the whole time but it's also good to know that it's out there and um keep an eye on it i guess to make sure it doesn't cross some kind of line where you're you know you have to take active measures or something well um yeah, yeah it's, it's so weird. It's, it's tough but you know i i would love there to like i've said you know i think it would be great if this this year kind of marks the end of a certain era uh in a lot for a lot of things. One of them being like my relationship to those people in any way, you know, like
0: a hundred percent.
2: And that could and that could involve completely disengaging from these platforms, which would probably be a good idea too. Well, I'm I'm know?
0: hoping they go away and you you don't have to, which is I, I well, what I've been kind of yeah, seeing. I, mean, I, I think it's the end of some of these guys' game, you know, which I've been. Really enjoying watching. It's just like the last hurrah for some of them, you know. I I would say grifters, but for a lot of them, it's like when you're a grifter, you make money doing it. Like a lot of these guys, like Jacob Wool's gonna go to jail. Like 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 we we interviewed him in this like really weird interview, and like near the end of it, we were just like, dude, why are you why are you doing this? Like President Trump like isn't gonna do anything for you. You're broke and you're gonna go to jail. For this right. guy who doesn't give a fuck about you, like... And I feel bad. I, in a way, I feel bad for him. Like, he's... he, I, I don't know. Like, how do you become that? I don't know. A lot of these guys do not feel bad at, at all, but it's just like, dude, they're having well, their... Well, Jacob Wall is so young. Yeah, he's there's literally... Certain, like... There's
1: certain guys in this world where their brains aren't even fully developed. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh,
2: it's tr- that's very true. I mean, I- I'm, I'm still an idiot, but I certainly was... A major idiot when I was in my early twenties. You know, I didn't. Yeah, I was still forming my opinions about all kinds of things, and and right. certainly, I mean. But now there's just so much information. I I picked up on something. Occasionally, I watch another one of these grifters. This guy Tim Poole oh. who's a does <laughs> like a live thing, and and there's this whole e- ecosystem of thinkers and uh, writers and whatever that that you can that feels like you could never you can't ever c- catch up with it and so if somebody brings up a name on that show oh you know it's like it's like uh peter uh, S- slumpton wrote the other day in this on this medium article and somebody on that show goes like who is that name again and they have to write that down and go oh i have to i have to read that yes i've been meeting and it's like they it's just like this <laughs> constant stream of validating uh other grifters out there that they have to continue to absorb and you know decide if and and, you know a lot of times that foments their worldview and it becomes more and more kind of like trapped in their own bubble and and that happens on on our side too but you know tim pool is making a lot of money off off of like being very wrong about a lot of things you know he was he's describing civil war and he's describing how there's you know there's no way biden can ever win and it's going to be a landslide you know you look you can, you can compile like a list of the things that he's gotten wrong but he's got a he's got an audience that shows up every day to listen to it and there's no reason for him to stop doing that yeah that guy sucks you know, that's his life
0: <laughs> i i can't stand him um and y- the thing is uh i don't know we should we should t- i want to talk about your your work soon but one one thing that sucks about this and like all these guys that just constantly pop up is like, I've I've always been such a big fan of your your comedy and the various things that you you do because it's like oftentimes like just barely walking the line where it's like like some of the first things I ever saw you do I was watching and I'm like man like I don't know like I, I really can't like tell with this like like how like what parts are jokes and what's serious like this is. Mm -hmm. like i'm thinking of your music video bottle of wine where i'm watching it and i'm like i'm like man like i actually like can't tell if like tim like this might be Mm -hmm. a serious music video and he has like strange taste but that type of subtlety is hard now in the last four years to pull off um i mean i already mentioned that with uh you know you you brought up like how mr america like so much couldn't couldn't have fit in there because it would be too absurd but yeah it's like it is there's less room for that now but maybe it'll change
2: yeah i mean it's the hardest thing for me i think is the more you do something the more i make stuff the the and the more people react to it you i get this you know positive or negative feedback and it you try to not let that cloud like the what you what got you where you are now what got me where i was now by just kind of doing what I thought was funny or what I thought was what I wanted to do, you know, and not worry about too, you know, not worry too much about how it's being received. Yeah. Um, Cause you can its really impossible to uh, really predict how things are going to be received. You just hope. And I always hope. And, you know, I think I re, honestly, I think I react uh, stronger to negative reaction than to positive reaction because right. I get a lot of positive reaction, but that, doesn't really mean much <laughs> yeah, yeah. because I'm expecting it or something, or I'm just sort of like, yeah, I know it's great. I like, it, you know,
0: well, I'll counterbalance balance it. I, I watched it too. And I loved it as well. I didn't get to tell you before. Well, thank you. Yeah. And I love the stand up special I, as it, well. It means,
2: that means a lot. And I hate saying that it doesn't mean a lot. It does. It's just funny. As I think about it, it's like the, 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 the negative does seem to have like a more like an emotional, I get more of an emotional reaction from it. Um, for, but, I do appreciate people that like it. And, you know, I understand that what we do think when we do things that aren't traditional, that there's going to be people that don't, aren't interested in that. And there's, I think there's going to be people that that are big fans of mine that don't love the show because it's not as wacko out there as some of my other things, you know, it's, it feels a <laughs> right. little more restrained. Well, but your character in my career, I want to do all those kind of things. You know, I want to do, popular things and i want to do things that no one that are only accessible to me and three other people yeah you
1: do you do 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 a lot of like tonal shifts that i feel like are probably disorienting for like a certain sect of your fan base you know uh where you'll because like i feel like you know you'll you'll go like radical sincerity mode and then i mean like the special and the album coming out very like they came out yeah. like very a month apart one, or like yeah. a month apart. Yeah. Um, like two things on like very opposite ends of the sincerity irony spectrum. But like, I think that balance is so important.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I think it's interesting. I don't know anybody else that's kind of doing it that way. Um, you know, whether that's good or bad, I just, and I, I don't, uh, You know, I just it's weird because uh, these all these things are coming out and they aren't they all weren't made at the same time. Obviously, they've kind of were made at different periods the past couple of years and have for various reasons are coming out the way they're coming out. So I'm not it's not like I it's like what's that thing with Michael J. Fox where he was shooting. Uh, shooting family ties during the day And then Back to the Future at night Oh yeah Teen Wolf Like like literally making these three Damn. things at the same time He's like Right Like that, that's not how I operate um, Yeah I mean you, you made the
1: special in like 2017 right? Yeah And the yeah. the show was like Was that 2018?
2: 2018 And then actually the record was 2019
0: Well I, I had a question about your, your character in Moonbase And I guess this kind of ties into the stand-up special too Because some of my favorite characters that you do are like, like your character in Moonbase eight is just like this NASA scientist. And like, you know, he's probably one of the more subdued subtle characters that you've done, but he's like kind of this yeah. like Protestant guy. And I realized while mm-hmm. watching it, like there were times that like, sometimes like when I'm watching your characters, I get like unsettled and it, and it finally like hit me now um, where it's like, like I know so many guys like that growing up, like adult figures <laughs> that it's like, and bad ones too they're always like bad characters in my life it's like almost like triggering like seeing some of these guys uh-huh. <laughs> like and I'm, and then oh, i geez. hit me well not like you know not like that bad you know but just kind of like yeah. like some weird fucking like guy that used to yell at me type of thing you know um but uh where like where do you draw that inspiration for these these guys and like in the the with your stand up special too i was like watching it i'm like dude like this is really funny but also like it's horrifying because I literally know so many men like this who aren't joking right now.
2: Yeah. Well, I think a, I mean, the the, the characters, the sp- stand-up character is, is just an awful per, you know, just yeah. an awful guy. Just a terrible, you know, toxic uh, d- d- person. I, on Moonbase, I feel like it's closer to Tom Peters from Tom Goes to the Mayor than I've done in a long time. Not Not a mean person, not a bad person, really. Just kind of a Maybe a little d- dumb, you know, like a little, little, little dim-witted. Um, so yeah. that was that was fun to to play somebody that wasn't quite so nasty or, <laughs> you know, on cinema. Tim is just a is a complete uh, narcissist psychopath, you know, um, and that's fun. But it's also fun to in in the moon Moonbase. You know, John is such a strong character and Fred is so specific and, and I wanted to just be like, maybe not, maybe like be the, not the alpha in that situation, you know, and, and, and be the Larry fine, if you will, or something in the middle, like kind of stuck in a little bit of a sympathetic character or something. So that was kind of, but he's also, yeah, he's, he's very white and bland and, uh, (laughs) just doughy. Just like the, Uh, you said, like,
0: he, he name drops like going to like a calgary cross church and like yeah i mean i just wondered like i was like man like what was tim's upbringing like does he know or, or are there people that you know that you've like been inspired by with these it was yeah did you have like a protestant upbringing? like an uncle or something or
2: uh yeah i mean i had a catholic upbringing but my mom's side was protestant so there was a uh, there was a wing of the family that was kind of like, uh, you know, creationist, kind of televangelist, yeah. or evangelical, I guess. Um, but, you know, yeah, very, ba- uh, very kind of normal, um, boring, not necessarily boring, but, you know, kind of uh, white, middle class. Well, boring is accurate. Dutch. Because it's, uh, it's like that I, you know, I could, the thing is, I always say like, without without the influence of like theater and movies and music in my life, like there's, there's part of me that can very easily just kind of, uh, fold into that, uh, you know, car salesman, um, guy living in, in a suburban Pennsylvania town. Yeah. Watching the Eagles, watching the Eagles and, uh, having some hobbies, but really just kind of, you know, not really being too self-expressive. Well,
0: that's like the stand-up special, like some of my favorite parts in there that are also horrifying is because I think like a lot of us probably see it and they're like, dude, I, I'm i like, I could have been that guy maybe. Like in your stand-up special where you do like a bit about, where you're just laughing at like, I think like Lady Gaga's name and like that's the joke where just yeah. Lady Gugu. And it's or, like...
2: L- Lord Gugu. Lord Gugu. Yeah.
0: It's like, I do, I know so many people like that where they like... They're so boring that they they think that Lady Gaga's name is so strange to them. And they're used to getting like (laughs) big laughs for just like name dropping Lady Gaga. I mean, like, what's that?
2: Right. That they
0: think they're like, (laughs) you know, a funny guy. It's like, I mean, that's
1: a swath. That's a huge swath of guys. Oh,
0: I know. And it's like, I I think all of us are always a little afraid that like, oh, man, I could have been him, you know?
2: Yeah. You know, it's also like the 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 comp, conf- the overconfidence in their point of view and the overconfidence in their yeah place in the world and and uh, and the and how, you know, weird is weird is to be rejected and and sort of a, a desire to go back. I mean, it's part of the thing that we try to do in the show, which is kind of did in Moonbase, kind of try, try to do it kind of like subtly, but. You know, these are three kind of middle-aged white guys who are kind of becoming more and more irrelevant as the world goes along. And you see that when the SpaceX kids come over and there's an African-American woman that's like staying with us for a little bit. She 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 moves on quickly. And there's this sort of uh, entitlement that our characters kind of have that doesn't really get them anywhere. (laughs) You know, It doesn't really pay off as, as it might have, you know, 30, 40 years ago where I think that's a funny thing to examine is like the guy who kind of can, you know, things go, I think one great example of that is that movie about Schmidt, which is I think one of my favorite movies with Jack Nicholson, the Alexander Payne movie. And there's this sense of like, you know, entitlement about his life was had value and was important and mattered. But he, within the first 20 minutes of the movie, after he retires, all his files are, thrown away you know it's like he's he's just like what the hell was my fucking life about you know what was that for um so i i think uh my characters are always kind of dancing around those ideas
0: yeah well also i mean your your character in Moonbase eight i guess he's very different than your stand-up character but to me i form a connection to them or between them because i feel like they can be a similar guy. Like sometimes, like it's really just like a couple beers that separates your Moonbase Eight character from like <laughs> your standup yeah. character, right. and that's th- yeah. and that's what makes it weird talking to the Moonbase Eight characters of the world, where they're like just right. talking about their youth group and how how much they they owe to their youth group and like blah blah blah, and you're just like looking at them in the eyes, you're like, dude, <laughs> like I know you've had right. some wild party nights and
2: like yeah, there's a darkness <laughs> yeah. that lies yeah. beneath yeah. There's certainly a, uh, a, like, you know, Rook and Moonbase is on his best behavior. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's like the, you know, he's presenting himself at work, probably. Yeah. Well, it's, like that. you're
0: kind of like, well, what got you into the youth group in the first place? Which we know from Rook, well, yeah. because he was a fish. <laughs> he was traveling with fish, yeah, doing fish, right? um, all of the drugs <laughs> in the world. I think you said weed, edibles, <laughs> like yeah. vape pens. So stupid. Yeah. No, th- well, yeah, it was, yeah, just... Uh,
1: yeah weed pot edibles <laughs> uh, whatever yeah grass tinctures which i grass, did pot. did remind me like um i i feel like um i feel like early on in your career uh so many interviews were just you know people like ha well, you guys must How be much high, weed are huh? you smoking
2: right right which
1: i i feel like had to have been the most insufferable shit ever i mean i think weed culture is like i i think especially living in la i i think that weed culture is just like so all-encompassing and like just pervasive just all the fucking billboards and everything yeah um but yeah how 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 long did it take for you to like escape that
2: i don't know if i've ever escaped it it's just like the quality of press i do it really depends on that you know it's like are you am i talking to you know entertainment week not entertainment weekly whatever entertainment online fresh <laughs> New like you know it am i like an assignment for somebody or are they p- people who are really interested in to talk to me you know yeah so if i'm an assignment it's like there's whatever 10 minutes to prepare and they look at me on youtube and go wow this guy must be really out there (laughs) you know and then it's just like how do you come up with all those ideas you know like so (laughs) those kind of interviews are just like uh i guess i have to do i always feel kind of obliged to like well anything is you know you gotta do an interview because maybe somebody happens to read it and they go and click on the link and they fall in love with what we're doing i mean
1: that was my i remember one of like Uh, I, I, early on, I think it was around billion dollar movie. Uh, Mm -hmm. like, uh, there was a Sundance interview. Yeah. Like with like young Hollywood. (laughs) Yeah. Um, where you guys were really taking the piss. Uh, I remember that one really, yeah. really
2: enjoyed at the time. Well, part of that was like, Eric and I tend to, behave badly when we're together you know in terms Uh of trying to make each other laugh and trying to like turn for a while there it was sort of like just turn every opportunity into an opportunity to make uh content or you know we wouldn't we wouldn't have said it that way then but you know to make a bit to like have something if this is going to be on the internet make it yeah entertainment for our audience um and and it was just like now I can talk to you guys and there's fun stuff to talk about. It's like interesting things to talk about. But back then the hell are we going to say about yeah. anything, you know? Well, what do you want to even know? What I was
0: going to say too, is like, <laughs> in terms of reviews and stuff like that, like you guys have made so much stuff and then absolutely like has put out so many shows that it's almost like its own genre, you know? right? So it's like, you have mm-hmm. to critique, you can like, it's hard to critique from the outside You know, if you don't really know the genre, because I feel like some some of the like some bad reviews are pointless when it's just like somebody reviewing a metal album being like, oh, it's so loud. You know, it's like you kind (laughs) of like I've seen some of yours where it's just like, yeah, I didn't understand. It's just like, all right, well, you shouldn't review (laughs) like you don't know what this is. It's uh, because you guys have put out so much that it really is like like the list of shows you guys have done and that are on the air still. It's like. A, a big chunk of comedy you know uh,
2: yeah you're right they should i i mean this is a whole whole you know long conversation about this reviewing that we've already talked about but yeah it, it does feel a little bit like what value does reviewing have when you know you aren't a you aren't you aren't at least a fan of what they're trying to do maybe uh And, you know, it feels like uh, it's that's kind of, you know, I always feel like maybe I'm just cursed because of on cinema, because I've spent a long time kind of making fun of the idea of reviewing things. And how does that how can you not take that personally if you're out there doing that for a living? And I think, you know, I've talked to reviewers who are like, you guys have nailed it. It is (laughs) fucking scam what we do it is so stupid and it is so, um, you know, corrupted by the bit, by the industry. And, um, you know, the, 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 the waiting is just not, it's not fair, you know, it's just not things that are out outside the norm do not get a fair shake. And, um, so, you know, so, uh, it, it. you just uh, it, i you, you know i remember when we got terrible reviews for a uh, billion dollar movie specifically from Roger Ebert <laughs> and Adam you know i saw Adam McKay who was a producer on it and he was like oh that was so fucking great you guys got slammed by Roger Ebert like he was just like that's awesome like that's, yeah that's the that's the goal you know and i don't necessarily <laughs> see it that way but it's nice to think about it that way sometimes to make you feel better yeah
0: i mean because that was like a the, the entire movie was like a spoof and like critique of movies in general it was like i my, my most memorable part is like the intro sequence that like i literally every time i see a production company logo now in the beginning of movies i i, I think of billion dollar movie where there's just right. like like i don't know how many there are it feels like there's like 30 production company title yeah, screens that adjusting. get increasingly longer <laughs> and more complex yeah like anytime now anytime there's one that's more than two seconds long, I immediately think of that. So yeah. yeah. I mean that's like that's like not a that's that's not something where
1: you can really I feel like you can't really get offended by bad reviews of of a movie that is like made to it's not made to convert anyone.
2: No. Right. It's but just like, on our own terms, yeah. Yeah.
1: But I mean something like uh I, I guess I mean Moonbase 8 is something that is more accessible and like, I think designed for a, you know, wider audience. Um, yeah, and so- I think so.
2: And I think maybe there was an attempt to make something that was a little bit for, you know, a little bit of a, you know, not, not necessarily for like a craven kind of cynical way, but just from yeah. our desire to, to house a, our our humor in something a little more with traditional story and a a, a real a consistent it's not just a a big old conceptual uh mess you know in a good way a mess in a good way but also just like you know it's got a a foundation to it that you know because i'm a fan of all, all kinds of stuff i don't you know i watch traditional mainstream shows not all not not you know certainly not like a sitcom i probably wouldn't Sit down and watch. That's not for me, but you know, I like, uh, you know, the the Sopranos. That's <laughs> what's that. I like good shit. Yeah,
1: yeah. Of course, it was the- cool. Oh, do yeah, you, you hear th- that? <laughs> do you think there was like a specific moment where you like, where you made, where you made the shift away from like, sort of like, you know, more like uh nihilistic, absurd stuff into you know sincerity it, was there like any specific moment where you you kind of were like i i got to make i got to make the shift
2: um i i think probably during the comedy the movie the comedy yeah uh was a was like a i realized that oh i'm going to just be acting as an i'm going to be an actor in a in a very you know kind of serious movie and then doing press for that i know I, I you know there was kind of if you can remember there was kind of this like hesitation uh for a lot of kind of alternative comedians uh to do mark maron's podcast because it felt a little like a betrayal to go on and and kind of talk about your craft or talk right. about it seems you like as a antithetical person
1: medical to what comedy is
2: right and and i ended up doing it and i felt like you know, all right. Well, this is a little weird to talk about this stuff, but now maybe it's kind of interesting too, and good for me. And it was hard to say, like, I'm not doing that show because I'm out here to promote a movie and I'm trying to get people to hear about it. So, yeah, you know, it would be not very respectful to the to the filmmaker to not take that opportunity. Right. So that, and you know, I just you get older and you get less sort of, uh, you know uh tied down by your your sort of orthodoxy about everything. Yeah. You just yeah, try to no, do that's... things, you know, and and you know, on moonbase I'm I'm compromising in a way with uh Fred and John and Chrysler the director and you know, we're trying to make something that we're all happy with and that you know, I think I had an idea on that show early on that was would have been very like confrontationally annoying And that was, I could reveal it, I guess, which would be that the only music they had was this one Beach Boys album (laughs) called Beach Boys Love You, which is from the 70s. And it's like, a if you look it up, it's a total psychotic piece of music, you know, it's really crazy. And I was like, this should be the only music that you hear through the show. You know, I'm like, you know, I could tell the guys were kind of like, I don't know, that seems a little, you know, sabotage, (laughs) self-sabotaging maybe. Um, and you know, so you let go of that stuff and, um, and we all have our own slightly different sensibility and stuff. So you just try to make something that's going to, you're going to be proud of and, and it's not going to be like a torturous experience to do together.
0: Yeah. Spe- oh, by the way, speaking of the beach boys, that just reminds me of another extremely weird moment from the last couple of weeks is one of the final Trump campaign events was yes. advertised as the Beach Boys, but it turned out just to be Mike Love, which is, <laughs> I mean, if you're not a, for the people at home, if you're not Beach Boys head, Tim, you might even know more than me. Like like he got he has like mm-hmm. the legal, like Brian Wilson gave him the legal rights to have the name or like via lawsuit, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, he's been able to tour off. It. It's, it's, it's Mike. <laughs> Love and Brian Johnston. I mean, uh, Bruce Johnston. Um, like the bad members and- of the Beach Boys. <laughs> like the ones that aren't good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he, yeah, he, uh, he. I guess maybe uh, the, what's his name from Full House? Too, yeah. Uncle Jesse. With oh, John Stamos. Yeah. John Stamos. Yeah. He was in the Beach Goddamn. Boys, but- quote, quote unquote, the
0: Beach Boys for a little while. And they like appeared on Full House for an episode. And then he toured with them. Is mm-hmm. such a,
2: such yeah, a weird it's time. It's really period. sad that, um, you know, I think Brian Wilson is such a – obviously the core creative center of that group that he's – but he's he's done fine. Yeah. I mean, he's been able to – I think he, the audiences understand that dynamic for the most part. Uh, everybody – yeah, I so, think everybody
0: knows. And it's especially yeah. sad because these were the assholes who, like, when Brian Wilson was recording Pet Sounds by himself, they're coming in being like, hey, this sucks. Like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, get, get all right. these instruments out of here, man. Like, why are you recording this garbage? Like –
2: well it's kind of funny the I don't I don't know if I'll ever release it but um I don't know if I've ever talked about this but right after Trump won four years ago I was with a couple friends and one of my friends happened to have the cell phone number for Bruce Johnston oh wow and we were sitting around and we we called it it was it was him and we called it saying it was right be, it was you know during the transition so it was it was actually right before the um the inauguration of Donald Trump and the beach boys were going to be playing one of the balls that night. And so we called as the Trump transition team and started oh telling him about, about all the, the plans for the show. <laughs> and we had him, had him, had him gone for a while. And then he said, you know, you better talk to Mike about this. I'm not so sure about all these things. And I go, well, get give me his number. I need to speak. Where is he staying? Or, you know, like give me his, his, and I think this is kind of funny, it doesn't really matter, but I think he was staying at the Four Seasons in DC. Oh wow. I could be wrong. Oh nope. wow. Yeah. Anyways, he was like he, he's he's listed and he gave us the fake name that Mike was listed under and so we called the hotel <laughs> and got Mike on the phone and we were talking to him for about 10 15 minutes and it was I mean it was nuts. We were just we were saying like all right, we don't and we were we had all this stupid Beach Boys inside knowledge and we were telling him which songs not to play and we were like make sure that fat retarded guy in the band is not going to be there. You hear me? And he goes what do you mean Brian? Yeah weirdo, weirdo. <laughs> can't be anywhere near the stage he's like no no Brian's not going to be there don't worry about that and we're like, you gotta learn uh, "New York State of Mind" by the, by Billy Joel. You gotta learn. <laughs> Trump wants to hear that tonight. He's like, oh, I don't know if we could do that. And you know all this stuff. He's like, and that record, "Love You," Beach Boys, "Love You." Uh, he goes, we go. You get, you make sure you play all the songs off that record. You hear me? He's like, Trump loves that record. Oh, uh, we were just going, going nuts talking to Brian, uh, talking to Mike Love.
0: Oh my and god! it's all on tape. No way! But I don't
2: know. Uh, I don't think we'll ever put it oh out my, because it might be illegal.
0: Oh my god!
2: God, it's damn. a beautiful. I thing. mean,
0: yeah. I I hope it, I'm just happy knowing about it.
2: That's what else were you saying to them? Like they believed you? Uh, yeah, I think we were talking about tuxi what tuxedos they should wear, and the, oh, I remember we moved the t- the time of the taping to. Uh, the, we moved the show to midnight. It was supposed to be at like eight p.m. Oh, it's we're moving everything. It's everything's running late. You guys are on at midnight now. Uh, it was all that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't know. I think they must have, you know, realized it was a prank after he hung up. Yeah, with I was missing called his manager. Yeah, probably. It didn't. It didn't have any cons. It didn't have any like real world consequences to it. But it was uh, we, It was it was a wonderfully cathartic moment for us <laughs> to just kind of just you know following the election find the trump win just kind of lay into those two those two guys
0: oh my god that's so for, for a little while funny. yeah i mean that's that's amazing <laughs> it's like still sinking in um i and know it's,
2: it's it's i'm breaking news here yeah on the show.
0: I mean, that is a yeah but still exclusive um yeah. i mean if you ever want if you ever want a a place to put it out who will take the legal responsibility for the release okay <laughs> we'll i'll, I'll talk to some lawyers up. yeah
1: i'll take yeah i'll take the charges yeah
0: we will, um, but I mean, he's a very litigious man. Yeah, he is, uh, Mike Love. Yeah. So that's
2: what I'm concerned. Maybe
0: the maybe the workaround, by the way, is we could have an actor recreate it. You know, if we needed to. That's probably that's a good idea. <laughs> like, like you know how they'll do that on like investigative shows. They'll have like an actor re-record a call. You know, like we didn't use their real voice. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's that's got to be a workaround, yeah. right?
0: We got to, yeah maybe we can we'll like think about utilize this. cameo. Oh something. one by yeah piece by piece just order piece by piece <laughs> send in send in cameo requests <laughs> spread
2: it around. Um, but yeah.
0: yeah, like they did um I guess I brought that up cuz they like played some weird final fundraiser with like the beach boys in or some some weird campaign event. I just thought that was like particularly a, a strange one to do Like a last minute Huntington Beach Like Beach Boys private party Um Like two weeks before the election Mid YMCA
2: Well that's where the money is there in uh, Orange County Down there there's some big big uh, Republican donors down there So I guess they were needed the, needed the cash That is very true Um but yeah everybody
0: is flipping out because they saw The Beach Boys and then like most people Didn't realize that Um god just such a strange guy, Mike Love. I mean, there's like a limited amount of people that are willing to endorse Trump. And there, it's just like a strange collection of them. And it's that that further, that, that even makes it more surreal, like how, how strange these uh four years have been. Because we've seen like characters like Mike Love kind of come back into the spotlight for some, like only mm-hmm. because of him.
2: You know? John Voight. John
0: Voight. Uh, I mean, Roseanne Barr had Scott a moment. Beo.
2: Kirstie Alley.
0: Kirstie Alley at the one yard line coming in just like a week ago, endorsing him, which
2: is even I thought it was funny. We made this point that like, you know, I think there was some story about that. The white house might've tried to get some celebrities involved in a COVID, you know, public relations kind of, uh, effort at some point. And it just shows you how far gone everything is where I think, Uh, You know, so many people would be uh, just would not participate because of the association with Trump. Like, that's you know, for example, if like if it was George H.W. Bush or something and he had some kind of there was some kind of tragedy going on and, you know, you'd get Tom Hanks to go and do something for it. You know, you'd have some you'd have like that. You'd have that relationship with kind of the mass media. But nowadays you wouldn't get anybody to get anywhere near Anybody related to Trump because it's just so, you can't be associated with it. It's so tr-
0: toxic. Yeah. And that was even an even weirder one because I think that story was like they had like 350 million budgeted for like a single ad and it, they had yeah. a couple people picked out and, um, I think that I know at one point they're like thinking about putting trying to get Billie Eilish to do it, which is really funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> like imagining that call taking place and like how fast you'd be. T- but they
2: yeah. and Anybody on their list like, oh, this person said something bad about the president. We can't be there. Like they, there's nobody there's nobody legitimate that would like actually get people's attention that they can associate themselves with for ver- for either on their end like they don't want to have association with Billy Eilish or Billy Eilish. It's like, no, I can't yeah. be associated with this administration in any way. You should have
0: done it. You should have called him
2: up. I wasn't invited. I'm. I, <laughs> my footprint is so small. You guys, you have no idea.
0: I mean, it's it's great having you on. I'm I'm glad we, I'm glad we waited till after the election to to hear this because I mean.
1: Yeah, I meant to I meant to talk about the album more, but I I I did like the album a lot, and I. Although I did want to say real quick before you leave, I, I feel like you've uh you've done a lot of Grateful Dead slander in the past. <laughs> and, you know, the lead single is very dead in a good way, in a, in a way that
2: I, you know, I say that as a I compliment. But well, I like a little bit of Grateful Dead. I like some things. I also don't, I'm not influenced by them on that song, but the guitar playing, the electric guitar playing on that song has a, has an evocative kind of Jerry style solo going on. So I understand right. that uh, there's some bongos going on there, you know, some like kind of rhythms that might be daddy. But I, the other day I tried to watch, I watched a grateful dead con cause on YouTube, they have a lot of the old concerts on there. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm just going to sit down and watch this. and I keep trying to have an open mind. And I really liked the first like 20 minutes. Cause it was like kind of this acoustic, they start the show with kind of an acoustic set. Um, and it's, I like Jerry Garcia's singing, and you know, I like the songs. Uh, I don't think they're, they're, I think they're a little overrated, but I like, you know, they're sure. not terrible. But, and then they get their into their rock band mode, and it just feels like this, like, party band playing these bl- really kind of long blues. I really don't like Bob Weir singing, you know, so mm. I still have lots of issues with them, but it's not that I've closed my mind to it. And, I I I like and respect a lot of people who really really like it. So we're
1: yeah. good. <laughs> glad we, glad we could clear that up before <laughs> you, you left. Get your get get those plugs off.
2: Uh, well, Moonbase is on Showtime, which is very easy to get these days because you could get it. Uh, the app you could do the one month free. I think you can get it through Hulu. Yeah, I did a Hulu add on. Amazon Prime. I think you can get it as an add on. Uh, lots of ways to experience it. Um, and then, yeah, the album is out, Fear of Death. The, you can buy the vinyl at my website, timheidecker.com. Office hours every Thursday. We've been going strong. Got to get you on there one of these days. Oh, been, yeah. Yeah, please. I don't think, I don't think that's happened yet. Uh, what else? The stand-up special is on my YouTube channel, timheidecker, or youtube.com slash timheidecker. Lots more. Hopefully, stuff, you know, we're working on stuff for next year. Hopefully, those will happen. Yeah. Um, and we we'll just keep. We uh, you know we're, we're lifers. We just. This is what I do. I make things, and some sometimes uh, they're good, sometimes they're not. But we keep trying to make you, uh, make the make life a little easier. We we
0: love it. Um, I, I co-sign every single one of those plugs, and I, I particularly like the standup special. I thought it was just like, like it literally had me fucking dying the entire time. <laughs> um, and it's free, so you know I m- check out Moonbase Eight, and check out the the standup special. I mean. I, I really, really loved it. Um, so, um, thanks. Great work. I can't believe it was made in 2017. Timeless.
2: The time is time <sighs> is relative and and sort of irrelevant these days. True. Who knows when anything's happening? All right. Well, I'm, it might have been made in the future. <laughs> all
0: right. Well, Tim, uh, thanks for thanks coming so back on. Thanks so much for coming
2: in. on. All right. See you guys. Have a good one. All right. Take care.